Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label in such a, an appropriate tagline for today's episode, because today I want to kind of show you, and we did this last year a little bit, and uh, so I've been keeping my eye on what's been happening with the labels I follow on on social media and in our Facebook community. But we did this last year, and today I want to show you five cool things that I've noticed record labels doing. And I think that you can kind of steal these ideas, not not like exactly these ideas, but the principles behind these ideas and why they do these things. And hopefully it inspires you to be innovative and creative on your own. I know that about 40% of 30 to 40% of our listeners listen to the podcast on the day it comes out or the day after, and then maybe another 20 to 30% uh, in the week that it comes out. And then there's like maybe only like 10 to 20% of people listen to it randomly. So of the majority of you who are listening to this as this week comes out, we are nearing the end of the year and it's a good time to kind of reevaluate things and maybe set out some goals for the new year. Now, if you're listening to this uh, off of season in the middle of the spring or the summer, whatever, you can always find a new starting point. And I hope that you find this inspiring. So today we're going to talk about Five cool things that I've noticed some labels doing that I think that you could do or get inspired from. Idea number one is vinyl unboxing. And this could be true as well for CDs or cassettes. Anything that you do physically, even t-shirts, if you sell t-shirts, it's really cool if you show pictures of those items in real life. And not just like snapping a photo of it on your desk or in the warehouse or resharing when fans get it in the mail, though those are all great things. But remember, we start this process doing digital mock-ups, usually before the record is in hand. We do these like pre-order things, and those are great and really helpful. But when the actual record comes in hand, and now that pressing plants are a little bit quicker than they used to be, we are getting the records a little closer to release day than before. And so we want to show fans like what they're actually getting. And another thing about doing this is it actually puts a little bit of pressure on you to make sure that you're putting together a cool vinyl package. We just talked all about that in the episodes a couple of weeks ago. You can go check those out. But it's super simple. It doesn't have to be like nicely edited. Just put your camera, like maybe do like an overhead shot if you can, or, or just like you showing the actual record. I personally really like those as music fans. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. The sleeve looks like that, or the vinyl color looks like that in real life or whatever. It's just kind of like this unboxing. I mean, unboxing stuff is really popular, right? It's always been really popular. I still watch it of like, sometimes I watch like an unboxing video of like a product that I've ordered that I'm about to get in the mail in a couple of days. And I watch somebody else opening the box, even though I'm going to get it too. It's super weird. Humans are weird like that. But I've noticed a couple record labels and so uh, do this and I wanted to share it with you. I think you should really check it out is just this idea of when you get something new is showing like opening it up and that experience. And I think it'll kind of stimulate music fans to think, yeah, actually, I would really like to open that box and have that feeling that vinyl looks cooler in real life than just like the flat image that you see as a thumbnail on Bandcamp or on Shopify. So that's a really good way is to uh, do some vinyl unboxing. And speaking of vinyl, the sponsor for this week is Vinyl Moon, who are this like mixtape, super highly curated vinyl subscription club. So you get this like gorgeous vinyl record in the mail once a month that has like, kind of like fits into like a sort of like a theme, not necessarily like a genre, but like all of the songs are like usually songs you've never heard of before by bands you've never heard of before. And it's like tightly curated, like really thoughtfully curated. And the artwork is incredible. I mean, we're not talking about just getting these like black 
records in like a blank sleeve. We're talking about every month they work with a different visual artist and they make something spectacular, like die cuts and cool vinyl colors and so many cool things. So go to vinylmoon.co to check them out. And thank you to them for sponsoring this week's video. Number two, the second cool idea I've been seeing record labels do is compilation series. Now, compilations aren't new, but compilation series. And what do I mean by that? I mean like some sort of like consistent thing that you do on a regular basis, like a quarterly series, or maybe it's seasonal. So maybe like uh, you do a summer compilation and then a, a fall compilation and so on. Maybe you do an annual Christmas compilation where you get people to submit Christmas songs. And one of the cool things about compilations is that they aren't always the band members on your roster. They're often roster artists, but then artists who aren't on your roster. And that's really cool. And it also opens you up to other promotional opportunities. For example, if you have a 20-song compilation, and let's say five of them are artists on your roster, and the other 15 are just artists that have you submitted to you or that you've discovered and you invited to be on this compilation. Well, if you have 20 artists, and those 20 artists all have a song on the compilation and share this new compilation when it's done, that's like 20 times the promotion that you're going to get than if you were just releasing your own album as a record label and promoting it to your following. Now, all of those 20 artists, and they might have small followings on social media or big followings, it's really going to help to sell the compilation or if it's just a free download to get it out there. But the coolest thing I've been really attracted to is not just these ideas of compilations. Like I said, that's not new, but doing something on a regular basis, something that your fans can start to look forward to. And I talked about this with my friends from Stereo Ferment is a record label from Toronto that I'm a big fan of. And they do a summer compilation. It's a similar type of like house music, tropical house music that just really fits my need in the summer. And it comes out like June, July, and it becomes the soundtrack. And for the past two years, maybe three years now, it's been my summer soundtrack I just love it. And so now, and I, I joked with them in, when we did the interview, like I'm going to be expecting their next compilation to come out next summer. And it really is the soundtrack of my summer. And so there's something about that consistency and they also have consistency in the artwork that they do for this series. And so as a music fan, I look forward to it. I buy it every year. Uh, if it came out on vinyl, I would be crazy about that. I would buy it every year on vinyl as well. So think about doing compilation series, but more importantly, think about doing them on a consistent basis. I know another record label that does a single um, series in the summer. So like for say 10 weeks or eight weeks, they do a different single each Friday. You could do that for one month of the year. Um, you could do a once a month on the full moon like Peter Gabriel did. Uh, those series are all really cool. Number three is expensive product bundles. So hear me out. This is really, really interesting. And we did an episode with a record label called Full Plate where we went, uh, you look it up on the podcast. We went into detail talking about um, expensive bundles and how when you have an album released digitally, it's like $8, right? Or $10. And then let's say you have a vinyl <clears throat> record that's like $25. Okay, cool. But then there's like a, third tier that like the grandmothers or the super diehard fans of music or of the artists are going to buy. And that might be $55 or $75 or $125. If you take this whole pie, of course, like 50% of people are just going to stream it for free on Spotify. Maybe another 20% are going to buy the digital download. Maybe another 20% after that 
or 25% are going to buy the vinyl just at the regular vinyl. But then there's like 5% or 2% or 1% of people who are going to want the biggest and most immersive version of this album. And you got to make sure you're catering to them. Don't spend too much time or money creating this, but just offer like a really expensive bundle as an option. I'll give you a couple of more examples. We see this a lot with test pressings. So you might release an album and you might include a test pressing. So the album is included with a test pressing that's hand numbered and hand autographed. It also comes with a special thank you note from the artist. And that might be $95 as opposed to like the $35 regular vinyl. You might only have one or two or three or four of these bundles available, but I guarantee people are going to buy it because they want something unique and special. They just really want to feel more connected to the music than just the regular vinyl or the regular streaming package that everyone gets. We did an interview with a progressive rock label called progrock.com. And one of the things, and this is very simple and it really adds no extra cost to you, is they always offer higher tier WAV files. So in the normal WAV files that you download on Bandcamp is fine, but they also upload the most highest resolution and they sell that as a different version of the album. So they actually sell it for like three to $5 more. And he told me that the majority of people just opt to buy the most highest resolution wave files. That's kind of cool. I mean, I never thought that people would do that, but he offers it as an option. And most people just opt to get the biggest and the best. When I came out with a new record, I had already had two or two of my previous albums on vinyl. And so I made a like not a box set, but I just made a bundle that included all three records on vinyl. So I was selling my new record for like $25 or $26. My other records were about $20 to $24. And so I made like a combined bundle where you would get three records for like $65 or something. So it was a huge discount. But most importantly, they were saving on shipping because the shipping cost was the same if they bought three records as if they were to have just bought one record. And so I made this bundle and it cost me nothing. I just made up a graphic that showed all three records you get. And a ton of people bought that. And I was able to move some of my old inventory. So do not sleep on expensive product bundles. You might think that you're looking a little greedy, but you're actually servicing a really small segment of music fans who want to feel really, really connected with the music. Okay, number four, and we're getting a little bit interesting here, is creating a new product like offering a brand new product as a record label business, selling something or providing a service that's really outside of the norm for record labels. So I'm not talking about t-shirts or stickers or buttons. I'm actually talking about something still adjacent to music, but something really special that will get people's attention and could be an interesting revenue generator for your record label. I'll give you two examples. Number one is a record label that I love from Calgary called Inner Ocean. They do a lot of really cool things, but Inner Ocean also created like a music software plugin. It's kind of like this cool like four track tape emulator. I mean, plugins and like VSTs are super popular amongst independent artists. And so we already had music fans and indie artists who were going to this website to buy great records and to trust this label as a curator. And now this label creates a piece of software. I mean, I know that's not for everyone. That's like super hard to do. Of course, we'd all love to make software. And this is just an example. It's a principle and you can do whatever it is that you're able to do. It may not be software, but this label created this software and they created a brand new revenue stream for their record label. This is an incredibly 
awesome and innovative record label, but I was so surprised to see a label do something still in the music sphere, but completely different than we normally see from other record labels. And guess what? They were really successful with it. It opened up an awesome new revenue stream for their label. Another label who's friends with the show called Catapult, they just started their own digital distribution company. That's incredible. I know record labels that do consulting services as well, or that have grown their YouTube channels to this massive curation platform, or their Spotify playlists have become so big and so trusted that people will actually pay them to put music or to consider to put music on their platform. So there's so many interesting revenue streams. In some cases, it's a charity. Some cases, it's the opposite. It's that you start as a record store selling records, and then you become a record label, or you start as a pressing plant making records for bands, and then you also become a record label. So there's a lot of interesting stories where somebody starts out as something and becomes a record label, or a record label starts out as a record label, then adopts some new services. Even something small is like 10 years ago when I was kind of struggling with my own record label and I felt like I was tiring people out by just talking about my new releases all the time. I started this YouTube channel where I went to local recording studios and we toured around and we talked about making music and we talked about gear. It was really nerdy and a lot of people loved watching it because they were like hour long videos of just looking at instruments and recording studios. It was very uh, behind the scenes very voyeur for for gear freaks. Anyway, it was super successful. It was adjacent to being a record label, but it didn't really have anything to do with promoting my own releases. But it was kind of a new product because it started generating ad revenue on YouTube and it started getting more people interested in the brand that was my label because we were producing these studio tours. Anyway, so you get it, creating a new product. Number five, and finally, and this is similar to creating a new product, but it's actually way different because it's not necessarily adjacent to the music scene. And that is a side hustle, having a side hustle for you as a record label owner. Now, what I think is really important that you understand is that this does not have to be a music industry side hustle because point number four I was talking about was actually music industry, a music software plugin or a digital distribution company. Those are in the music industry. But I think it's really important for you to understand it's okay if your record label isn't your full-time job. I know for a lot of us, we dream about that moment. And that is something that's really, for some reason, has kind of become this like pat on the back. You've made it to the summit. You've, you're legitimate. The imposter syndrome is gone, which is not actually true. But I just want to encourage you that having a side hustle, and that could just be a regular job while you're running your record label, is okay. And it's a great idea. And I actually think that not only is it okay, but it actually might be mandatory for a little while. And it might be mandatory forever. I know a record label owner who owns a really popular record label, and he actually employs a handful of people full-time at his record label. But he himself is not full-time. He has a job that he's still passionate about that's unrelated to his record label. I myself started a freelance graphic design company just so that I could stay at my desk in my studio working and making money, but at the same time being available to grow and to work on my label. Because when I worked in an office, I felt bad working on my record label, like on their time and on their dime. And so I ended up kind of working on a side hustle that made me money that had nothing to do with the music industry but allowed me to continue to work on my record label. And so I just really want to encourage you to not think that that's not a successful path or that you're a failure if you have to have a day job. In fact, I know record label owners that are attorneys, like lawyers with full-time jobs, and they come home late at night 
and pack records. And they don't want to change that because it enables them to take risks with their record label. There are record label owners that have retail jobs. This is permission for you, for your record label to not be your full-time gig. Don't be embarrassed by it. Don't think you're a failure. Don't think you haven't made it yet. It might actually enable you to be a better record label owner. I've seen it either intentionally or unintentionally, either permanent or temporary, but I'm seeing it more and more, and I think it's healthy. I really do. So I hope you found this helpful. Let's go back over. Vinyl unboxing videos or unboxing videos of any type of product I think is really cool. Compilation series, not just compilation records, but compilations that come out either every summer or every Christmas or every season or once a month even if you can do that. Expensive product bundles don't sleep on the opportunity to service that super diehard music fan that wants to spend more money. Creating a new product altogether that's kind of in the music industry that you're already attracting music fans. Maybe you can offer them something different. And then having a side hustle. Maybe it's in the music industry, like being a mastering engineer or opening a recording studio or opening a record store. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's opening a coffee shop and selling records within your coffee shop. Whatever that side hustle is, it's okay. And I think it's good for you. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash cool ideas to get the notes from today's episode and to read this episode as an article and just to kind of meditate on how you can improve your revenue streams and your opportunities as a record label. You know, I make it my job to kind of keep an eye on things and hopefully learn uh, some things from great labels that we have on the show or that I see doing stuff in record stores on social media. And I'm always going to keep an eye on these things and transfer that knowledge to you and show you. And so hopefully it helps, inspires you. If you're doing something that I didn't notice, um, you can always let me know. Send me an email, podcast at otherrecordlabels.com or share it in our Facebook community, which has been active and uh, healthy for the past four or five years. So come on over there facebook.otherrecordlabels.com. Thanks for listening.